Sweet love, professional wrestling. Acknowledge me. This is Sunday night's main event. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Because you love something fresh in you, don't you? We deserve better, people. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Do I have everybody's attention now? My God, what an impact. Welcome to the annual tradition following last week's best of 2022. This is the Sunday night's main event, Worst of 2022 presented by Great Lakes Beer, a fiercely independent brewery. Order online at greatlakesbeer.com. I'm Mike McGuire. This is our worst of 2022 list compiled by our own opinions and most importantly, your submissions. If you're a member of the SNME Radio Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME Radio, you got the chance to vote in this year's worst of. And boy... Dude, we got a doozy of a list for you this year. I'm not alone on this one, though. Joining me once again, you hear them on BAM Weekly as well as NXT Talk. Matt Ederer and Boris Aguilar are here, gentlemen. Hey, hey. Bonjour. How's everybody doing? We hope you're doing well. Hope you had fun listening to the best of my God. This one's going to be a party. And if you miss it, by the way, SNMERadio.com, you can hear all of the craziness there. And uh, it was actually a fun show, fun time. Hard to believe it was a week ago and not mere moments ago. But we move <laughs> on to Jolton Joe Aguinaldo. You hear him on All Elite Weekly. You hear him with me on Tuesday Morning Cook, and we're going to hear him right now. Hello, Joe. Hey. And once again, the man who loves a built-up intro, the most self-absorbed, arrogant, unkind human on the earth. And by that, I'm being completely facetious. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan, the freaking mouth, Lavransky. <laughs> All right, that was good. That was worthy of uh, Nick Bockwinkle. You just needed to work in, like, ubiquitous, and it would have been, like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's that old Will Ferrell sketch, if you would be scrumtrelescent. <laughs> <laughs> Very regal-esque there. This list is going to be neither regal-esque nor scrumtrelescent. This is going to be... What we, as well as many of you, think are the worst stories, the worst happenings, the worst everything of 2022. So, gentlemen, I think we should just lay down the ground rules here. There is no right or wrong answer, except for when Mouth says Jade Cargill. (laughs) Then there's going to be a few of those, I'm afraid. But nevertheless... This is all in fun, and if any of the actual talent in this list happen to hear their names, please don't take it personally. We're just trying to generate content. All right. (laughs) Nice, nice. Let's get down to it, fellas. We have a lot to talk about. Last week, we covered the best of. This week, it is all the things that just just didn't quite make it up to snuff in a a predetermined uh, sports entertainment world that we enjoy greatly. So... Before we get going, we asked this last week to start off the show. Uh, how are you feeling as a wrestling fan wrapping up the year? I'm going to ask you this. Going around the panel, did 2022 live up to your expectations or not? And we'll start. So it's basically a yes or no. Uh, Boris, 2022 as a wrestling year, did it live up to expectations or did it let you down? It lived up to expectations overall. Yeah. All right, an awfully positive way to start the worst of 2022. Mouth, how about you? It, it, that's a weird question for me. I don't really think of things like that. Like, I don't sit down at the end of the year and go, wow, man, I have, 
I want to see these things happen this year. And, Nobody uh, does. That's why we're a wrestling talk show, Mouth. We come up with stuff. <laughs> I, 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 I'll just put it like this then. I, I, I'm just going to say I enjoy. Well, again, like we have to say with the best of, I spent most of my year just watching AEW. I didn't mm. really watch much out of that. couple things here and there when it was relevant, but that's it. Uh, so, for for me, it was uh, it was a good year. Maybe not as um, productive or positive as it could be for AEW in lots of instances, but I still enjoyed uh, checking out their product for the year. They st- they still seem to be the one show that can keep me interested. All right, Joe Aguinaldo, how about you? Did the year live up to expectations, or were you let down? I think it depends on how you answer that. If you're just looking at it from strictly like what happened and like shock value, story value, all that stuff. I think this year exceeded or 2022 exceeded expectations. I mean, you know, I think it was Dan last week was kind of joking around saying that we're living in the year or we're in the year that Vince McMahon left the company. Mm-hmm. No, nobody thought that was going to happen. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, I thought I thought 2022 exceed, exceeded expectations. Now, whether it's good or bad, that's, I guess, up to your opinion. No, it's literally up to your opinion, Joe. That's why I was asking you, <laughs> Matt. Let's see if you can uh, answer this question a little easier here. What do you think of 2022? I will take your bait, Mike. I was disappointed by this year. Ooh. My heart was broken. Darby Ouch. Allen took a step back. Hook took a step back. Brian Danielson took a step back. Wardlow sprinted in the wrong direction backwards. CM Punk left. John Moxley was gone for a lot of the year. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks gone for a lot of the year. Colt Cabana was gone for a lot of the year. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really care too much about that. No, I, I, I like Punk. <laughs> what the, I mean, I like Colt. Nothing wrong with Colt. But I definitely like punk more. Anyway, this this year disappointed me a lot. Tyrus is the NWA world champion. I'll be talking about that a lot over the next few hours. All right. Well, I thought this was a good question until Matt did bring in yeah. the dark side of it. I'm like, that, damn. That, that, that rates a thank you, Elsa Maxwell, if I ever heard one right there. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to say that uh, for the most part, wrestling actually was uh, kind of a safe haven for me. And in despite of all the chaos, it was kind of a crap year for me uh, other ways. But like I said, at the end of last week's show, doing this is probably my most favorite thing to do. So with that being said, let's talk about all the things we thought that sucked for 2022. (laughs) Gentlemen, are you ready to go? Yes, do it. All right. The worst of 2022 starts off. With your worst wrestler male. Hmm. Who do I want to start this with? Who has the most rage about this? Oh, I don't know, Matt Ederer. Maybe you? Well, there's a man, you see. He's a 49-year-old man. 6'7", 375. So you know he's moving around well in the ring these days. Nothing Uh, wrong with any of those things, unless maybe (laughs) they're combined together. But yeah, go on. Nothing wrong with any of those things unless those things are on the National Wrestling Alliance heavyweight champion of the world, Mike. Uh, Tyrus is the worst wrestler in the business. He's one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen. It's a laugh out loud joke that he is champion of the NWA. He is the runaway choice for this category. I hate him. I hate his wrestling. If only Matt wasn't Uh, so subtle with his uh, dialect, you know, like I hate answers I have to pick apart like that. Okay. (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what Jolton Joe has to say here. Mr. Aguinaldo, your worst male wrestler of 2022. The award goes to. Okay, so this pick is based mainly on creative because this dude can go in the ring. But my pick is Mustafa Ali. Um, I get what they're trying to do as an underdog. I've tried to get behind it. But man, every time he comes on TV, he just he just looks like a chump. And I, I just I now I go to change the channel when he comes on. Wow. All right. Didn't picture that as a name coming up in this list. Uh, Boris, are you going to shock us, too? What do you got? So I, the way that I see this particular category is who do I want to turn off the TV on when they show up? Right. So there's two people. Von Wagner, who I really want to call, start calling this the Von Wagner Award, but I'm going to side with uh, Matt and say Tyrus. People try to put the spin on Tyrus. You don't like his politics. That with that's the reason why you don't like him. No, he just sucks in the ring. Zero charisma. Horrible in the ring. Laughing stock champion of NWA. Cannot stand it. One would say that he was being a very, very heelish heel. No, no. And others would, and others would just time. say that he sucks. Yes, <laughs> yes. The all-time X-Pac heat, if ever there was. Wow. Uh, but even X-Pac heat wasn't X-Pac heat. People love X-Pac again. Yeah, so there yeah, you go. exactly. Yeah, that term needs to be changed, too. Let's just change it to Tyrus heat, because that's what it is. All right. Mouth, worst male wrestler of 2022. Your pick. Oh, man. This is <clears throat> probably going to make a few people upset but like that's a never stopped me before but i'm sorry but i pick cm punk i pick oh. cm punk oh. yeah man yes yes i pick cm punk uh he had the world in the palm of his hand uh i just felt that he was totally unprofessional uh he wasn't around for long anyways he was hurt a lot uh the momentum was there but he friggin popped the balloon himself uh, I just thought that uh, that whole situation with what that guy was given and what he did with it, I just thought was horrible. So sorry, CM Punk. Well, I might be biased in this a little bit just because uh, a lot of his success did have to do with someone I, I kind of work with now in Dungeon Wrestling. But I do have to side with most of the panel here and say Tyrus was was hard to watch this year. And, you know, I I don't have as much personal vitriol for him as Matt does. Uh, I do think, though, that that he's probably better served maybe as an out of ring character, maybe as someone who is just a heavy and enforcer. I don't get what having the championship on him. And this has nothing to do with politics either. For me, it's it literally couldn't do it because I love wrestling. I love wrestling. And I'll be honest, I, I had a. Uh, unpleasant encounter with him on social media once that doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, I misspoke a bit and he, rather than saying, no, here's what actually happened. Uh, he kind of went off. And so I tried to apologize and eh, he just didn't have anything to do with it. Um, but what I worry about is just that his, his reflection of wrestling. If people who are watching him on TV, who do decide to watch the NWA, if they think that that's what, a a top tier champion in pro wrestling in 2022 or 2023 looks like. And it's just not, we've got so many great wrestlers out there and you can have a dastardly world champion. We have one in MJF and AEW, right? Roman Reigns is, is a mega star beyond compare now, but Tyrus just doesn't do anything to help that company as world champion and, and watching him in the ring, frankly, kind of scares me a bit because you know, he is, he is getting, 
pretty slow in there and, and it, it hurts me to watch him bump. I'm like, so yeah, I got to go with the, the team on this one. Uh, as far as our panel, our patrons, patreon.com slash SNME radio. I was surprised to see this guy be the top of the list, but no, no love for Omos. Omos actually gets a top spot for worst wrestler this year. I didn't, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I got friends that have been in the ring with him who said that they, you know, he took care of them and he is what he is. He comes in. He's, he's a hell of a lot better than Kali was, uh, which was basically the same gimmick. Uh, Dominic Mysterio comes in as number two and then number three, Tyrus and Von Wagner uh, tied up there. Fellas, any thoughts on that summation of the worst wrestler from our Patreon panel? Omos for me is really weird just for the simple fact that I think a lot of people look at his creative and he's just been there right he hasn't really done too much uh so i think people are kind of mixing the creative with everything else which is absolutely fine right that's we kind of have to see it that way when we take a look at these ballots but yeah i was shocked when i when i did the math there you go uh joe any thoughts on omas since we've watched him a lot on raw and talked about him i i i don't I, let's say like I, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I don't agree with that pick. Um, I think Omos is actually, you know, for what he's supposed to be, he's pretty good in the ring. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm a little shocked by that one. And I'm not making him talk anymore. MVP is in his spot there. Matt, uh, your thoughts on these uh, three here, Omos, Dominic and Tyrus? Yeah, I think Dominic's on the wrong list here. I, I don't see that this year. I think he has improved. He has worked his way off this list if you thought he was on it previously, in my opinion. <laughs> greasy dumb greasy dumb. <laughs> my mouth i'm not even gonna ask you because you're like hmm, that's all right well I, I i do have to say that i did hear about tyrus winning the title so i did actually search down that match yeah. and watch it and yeah yeah and plus yeah. i'm i'm not a big i mean i know you the politics is not a big thing for you but i've seen him on those fox shows and it's uh, just yeah it's not what i want people to perceive wrestling because that's more the stereotype of what people think of what wrestling is all about and, and that's kind of what what i talked about too is the fact yeah. that you know if this guy's representing wrestling to this audience yeah. you know I, I would hope that more of them actually look to a wwe or something like that rather than <laughs> what the nwa is doing even though they're yeah. champions on yeah. their news network okay worst wrestler female Hmm, where do I want to start on this list? Uh, let's see here. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Dan Lebransky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, I mean, anybody that listens to Joe and I when we do the AEW podcast knows that I have no love for Jade Cargill. I don't see the improvement that you talked about on the best of show. Uh, I just see. Um, I mean, yes, she has a look. She's always had a look. But to me, that's all that's there. I don't see the promos. I don't see the charisma. I don't see the, the in-ring to me still does not cut it. I, I, yeah, Jade, sorry. That's it. All right, Boris, uh, worst female wrestler of the year for you. I'm not sure I fully blame this person, this female, this lady wrestler. I think it's. Tony Khan has this obsession with TNA. That's why we see Jeff Jarrett. That's why we see my vote in Madison Rain. Mm, interesting. I just, I just, she, she needs to just stick to being a coach off camera stuff. Seeing her in the ring, I don't know. I just, I, I get nothing out of it. Zero entertainment value. And I, it's just like, again, it's the person who, when she comes up on Rampage or Dynamite, I just want to change the channel. 
All right, Joe Aguinaldo, your worst female wrestler for 2022. Jade Cargill. She's got charisma. Not going to deny it, but for the position she's in, she's not that good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's the thing. I mean, you pick you pick Madison Rain like sure. But I mean, she's nowhere near in a position like Jade. Jade is like kind of pushed as like a almost the most prominent female in the promotion. Like how often do we see Madison Rain? Every week on Rampage. I was gonna say if you're one, so, oh, she, so okay. that, that answers the question right there. So how often do we actually right. see Madison Rain? All right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> this is the guy how often do we watch Madison yeah. Rain? The, the guy who's stuck doing the Rampage Ramble. That's the answer there. Uh, Matt Edder, <laughs> your worst female wrestler of the year. Uh, some strong points already on the panel. I actually for a long time had Madison Rain, but I kind of know what Joe and. Dan are saying just now. So I'm going to kind of split the difference. Someone who is getting too much push, but is also not even ready for that uh, gimmick at all. It's kind of like the, the, the worst of both worlds there. Electra Lopez in NXT gets a lot of screen time has not improved one iota in the ring. God bless her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's like, I, she's an Instagram superstar, but I don't know if it's going to translate to the professional wrestling <laughs> ring for Electra Lopez. Well, There's it worked for Logan why. Paul. It did. It did. <laughs> but, but the thing is, Logan Paul actually is good. <laughs> oh, he's on YouTube, too. Not as much on Insta. Got it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I hate saying, uh, first of all, this show is actually hard for me. And I'm not saying this to be a bleeding heart. I'm saying it because I really do hate doing worst of anything's because i believe if we're talking about wrestling we should talk about what we love so for me i had to go somewhere this might get me heat with a certain amount of fans but it, it comes with a caveat and my pick is Liv morgan my pick is Liv morgan because Liv deserves all the success in the world for the work she gets but joe knows exactly where i'm going with this I didn't know what to think of Liv Morgan before she won the championship, and I did know what to think of her afterwards, and it was, oh my gosh, we're not ready yet. And whereas for many of you, the argument has been that Jade's been on that incline the whole way, I do see the improvements, but with Liv, it was just a lot of very uncomfortable moments with her. (laughs) Just very awkward and very... Hey guys, you guys are guys, guys, and I'm like, what? Is, what is this? This is our women's. We've gone from Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair to Hey guys, what's up, guys? I'm the champ, guys, and and just the the pseudo. Okay, you guys remember when Taylor Swift first came out and was a big deal? I'm not saying you had to listen to her, but you saw her on your TV. You saw her everywhere, right? And the first time she got recognition or an award or something, she did this all the time. And for those that are listening to the podcast, I'm doing this big open mouth gaping surprise face, right? Well, after the third or fourth month of her just being open mouth surprise all the time, it kind of loses its effect, let alone for, for that. So when Liv Morgan comes out and is almost crying her eyes out every week for some reason or another and can't believe she's champion, but at the same time is getting screwed by everybody, but can't believe she's champion, but still getting screwed by everybody, but can't believe she's champion. And she just keeps crying. I'm like, just stop either wrestling. Cause I think she's, you know, she's got a great fan base. She's got so many things going, but sometimes a champion is their own worst enemy. And that to me was, was Liv Morgan this year. So for someone who doesn't like doing these, that's quite the speech. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> I do talk for a living, you see. Okay, <laughs> let's go to the uh, <laughs> let's go to the Patriots. What? That's just it, though, because I know I'm going to catch hell from Liv Morgan fans. I'm not trying to. Well, maybe a little. Anyway, let's go to <laughs> let's go to the worst of for the females from our panel. Jade Cargill wins with 25 percent. Ronda Rousey in second with 20 percent. And Dana, poor Dana Brooke, just can't catch a friggin break. Uh, 10 percent there. Has her has her marriage end in a sham over the twenty four seven title again? Mouth is like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> this was all on Raw. Mouth. This is all on Raw. You know what? No, you know what? That's not what it is. You know what it is? Hmm. Oh, I didn't sit through that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Other notable picks here. Uh, Shotzi. That surprises me a bit. Tamina. Nobody's meaner than Tamina. Madison Rain. And uh, Alicia Edwards, where, remind me, guys, where's Alicia Edwards from? Impact. Okay. All right. So that was Boris's vote then, apparently. All right. <laughs> we move on. It's funny. I know exactly who voted that, which is All hilarious. Right. There you go. Worst tag team. This was an interesting category because, again, tag team wrestling is something that we've all said we've been hungry for. FTR run away once again with the title for best of uh, this year. It was kind of an interesting pick here. Uh, let's start with Boris this time for your worst tag team of the year. All right. So I can't say the nickname I give them, but you can listen to it on NXT talk every week that they show up. And that's Josh Briggs and uh, Brooks Jensen. I just cannot stand these two. And it's mainly Brooks Jensen. Somehow he gets worse every week while he's in developmental like matt was it this week where he literally almost killed his opponent like five times uh last week he spiked i think it was malik blade on the crown of his head on yeah it was it was not good i think we could well let's not but i think you could probably say the name it's not a swear or a slur but let's steer clear uh yeah buddy (laughs) yeah so briggs and jensen worst tag team of the year for me all right, Mouth, your worst tag team of the year, assuming it's going to be someone in AEW. What do you got? Yeah, it's this. I wanted to pick something that illustrates uh, uh, something that AEW seems to like to do that I hate. And that's taking two guys that should be more than enough stars on their own and putting them together in a tag team. Oh, no, uh, I think you picked my pick, but go ahead. My pick this year is Ward Joe. Damn it. I'm just I'm just <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's a total waste of both of these guys. I didn't want to see it right from the the, the get go. It's a, you know, like I said, a classic example of the we have too many guys on the roster tag team that's what this is threw them together i the only good thing about it is they broke them up almost immediately uh so there was that and uh they also had the a really stupid name too well this is what i'm just gonna add on to this so i can get mine out of the way here but mouth i don't know if you were watching raw when uh jericho and aj styles hinted at a tag team for a week and jericho actually had a t-shirt simulated made for WWE shop and they call themselves Y2AJ. Oh. So this was this was exactly that for me. This was a Y2AJ only these guys actually did team up for a while. Uh there were no War Joe shirts though, I think. So that's good news there. Okay, Joe. Just Joe, not War Joe. Your worst tag team of the year. Okay, so I'm going to actually steal uh, a Mark Andrade gimmick where you pick a team but not the individuals. So my worst tag team was Swerve in our glory, but not Keith Lee and Swerve, because I think both of them are great. But I didn't think that these guys should have ever been a tag team. 
Wow. That's another one that's an example of that AEW thing where it's just like we have too many guys and we're going to put guys that really shouldn't be tag guys together. You know, it's like like I'm more with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Same thing. I'm more interested in Keith Lee and, and, and Strick, Strickland now that they're about to get into a feud than I was when they were a tag team. Right. What's a worse name, though? Swerve in our glory uh, or <laughs> or the Swerve and Glory Connection? Because if they were in WWE, that's exactly the name they would have gotten. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with swerving our glory still because right. i'll tell you when when dan and i first heard that name we were both like what like, yeah. what is that terrible well, I'm, I'm not saying it's good i just i always it's laugh terrible. at that because wwe has a horrible way of naming their tag teams too when it's you know like remember remember rated rko that was awesome that was great <laughs> swerving our glory or the blank and blank connection screw off man all right matt Ederer, your worst tag team of 2022 what do you got for us uh, you know what? I think you guys have may have won me over on War Joe. I originally <laughs> I have good brothers, the good brothers written down here. I did not a lot of time for Luca Gallows, but Carl Anderson's getting some buzzed right now. Retained his title. He's going to Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I'm gonna go with War Joe. You guys have won me over. That's a good call. You know, it's funny. I, I, I go ahead, mouth. No, I was just going to say, I like how Matt's picks are kind of so easily swayed. I just want the correct answer, Mouth. I'm searching for the truth. I'm not not saying that Matt Edder is easily influenced, uh, perhaps under the influence, but not easily influenced. (laughs) (laughs) I neither confirm nor deny, but you might be onto something. Okay, the worst tag teams coming from our Patreon members. Uh, Maximum Male Models, which I take great offense to. I think they're probably the biggest stars on the rise on SmackDown. And uh, the Guns, a.k.a. the Ass Boys. That was their top pick. Uh, Briggs and Jensen in the factory tied for second. And third, Los Mysterios, who apparently couldn't sell a T-shirt to save their soul because this past Monday on Raw... Miz and Johnny Gargano probably handed out 600 free Los Mysterios t-shirts to members of the crowd during their uh, storyline merchandise giveaway because, man, was there a lot of those shirts kicking around. But that's the picks there. Uh, Warjo actually got an honorable mention. Uh, Evil and uh, Takahashi. Uh, Hit Row and Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade were the other roundups there for worst tag team. So. We move on to a uh, worst male on the mic. So worst uh, guys promo, I guess. Mm, Joe, let's start with you this time. Oh, I'm same guy I picked last year. Ray Mysterio. I mean, <laughs> your your Ray Mysterio imitation is better on the mic than Ray Mysterio. So, Joe, I don't know how you could say that. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not but, sure if I'm offended or what. I was no, say, dude, Boris, you, is that racist? We gotta, gotta go to Boris on this one. No, it's mysterious, is what it is. Okay. Because <laughs> there we go. If you guys, if you guys did not hear Mysterio Peace Theater, you have no right to criticize because Mysterio Peace Theater for a couple solid weeks was a staple of Tuesday morning cooked. So I'm just I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say I think the Latino guy still has a right to criticize. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Have at it, man. It's the worst of lists. I'm going to give you the worst impressions. Here we go. <laughs> it's fair. It's That's fair. what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. So you since you want to, since you want to pipe up, Mr. Aguilar. impression is probably better than mine anyways. So. It's not a Latino yeah, impression. Go. It's a Rey Mysterio impression. And it's pretty damn good. 
All right, Boris, what do you got? Von Wagner, he's the worst. They have, they give, okay, this is what gets to me about Von Wagner. <laughs> they literally give him a mouthpiece in Mr. Stone, and they don't use it, and he gives his own promos. Well, wow. I guess, I guess. Uh, anybody who should be an expert on uh, promos here, I mean, you call yourself the mouth for crying out loud. What do you got for us for a worst guy's promo? Partially because of the gibberish that, that he has to deliver or, or whatever, but it's well, actually the whole group, the whole house of black is, is my <laughs> pick. I just, it drives me every nuts every week when they come out and they just cut these promos and it's all just gibberish. It's the, the supernatural thing is really hard. Like undertaker is the exception to the rule. He's not the rule. It's like supernatural stuff like this is hard to pull off. And I just don't think these guys are are pulling it off. And it's like, yeah, every time they open their mouth, no matter how great the lighting is or how much dry ice there is, I don't want to listen to them. I got some pretty good lighting here. You want to listen to me? Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yours is much better than theirs. Yes. Well, then when I talk about the valley of darkness mouth and we go down the road of evil. Exactly. The Valley of Darkness to the outhouse of eternity back we, towards the parallel universe of the multi. Get, get out of here. You we know, stop at the toll booth of terror. <laughs> yeah, I just name amusement park rides. Exactly. You know? <laughs> that would be I was on the roller coaster of death. Submit your favorite worst roller coaster name titles here, folks. Yeah. Uh, SNME or our Facebook page. Matt, uh, your worst promo on the mic for 2022. Uh, this might get me in some trouble. This is probably going to be my hottest take, but I th- I think this guy is abysmal. I cringe when he picks up the microphone. Oh, no. I hope you didn't take my pick here. Kenny Omega. Okay, close, but not quite. Kenny Omega is a hopeless, terrible promo. When he picks up the microphone and says, I wasn't formatted to do this promo, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> good night and goodbye. And uh, I just hate him. I hate his Wow. I, I despise hey, Kenny hey, Omega's I, promo. I think Let that's Winnipegist. I think that's Winnipegist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was in the weaker thans. I do hate Winnipeg. No, I don't. Love my Winnipeg brothers. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Winnipeg. I just think Kenny Omega is bad at speaking. He's as bad at promos as as he is mind-blowing, incredible, transcendent in the ring, but he's just, he's hes not charismatic. He is negative stars promo. He cringe, change the channel. Well, I'm going to take it a step further then. Mine is also a member of the elite, and it's not just because of the impact of what one of his stupid promos did, but this guy is a case where if he gets one that he knocks out of the park, it's after striking out about 40 times. And my pick for worst promo, this is another hot take, is Hangman Adam Page. Oh. I, I think when Hangman is hot, he's great. But I think that is few and far between. We talk about positions where these wrestlers are. I think that he's blown it more often than he's made it. Uh, and and <laughs> I think now that he's coming out and he's not talking as much, I think it's probably a message coming from someone saying, dude, this is the way to go. You're, you're Hangman Adam Page. You don't need to be coming out and being funny. You don't need to be talking about your feelings. You need to come out and make us believe that you're a cowboy that can kick some ass. And and you coming out and complaining and pissanting and, and just bemoaning everything around you. Nobody wants to watch that. As we do a probably two-hour show in total about complaining about things we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, our worst on the mic here from our audience, patreon.com slash SNME radio, Braun Strowman and Dominic Mysterio and Ricochet. Whoa. I'm not sure about Dom Mysterio. I think he's gotten a little better. (laughs) He's not talking as much like kind of what your point of Adam Page, where he's not talking as much. They're giving him a line or two. And well, they turned him into Beavis two weeks ago. Okay, fair enough. There, there was that. Yeah, but for but those that, it, mouth, if you haven't seen it, so what was happening is he's in the Judgment Day with Damian Priest and Finn Balor and Rhea, right. and so so Damian was basically the butthead of the situation, and there's Dom behind him. He's like, you know, so Priest is like, yeah, we're gonna lay a beat down on you, and there's Dom behind him. Yeah, yeah, a beat down. Yeah, a beat down. <laughs> like literally oh, that. So. Wow. So they were they were cutting a nasty boys promo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, can can I can I just say before we go any further that on the uh, NXT Talk podcast, I love listening to Boris complain about Von Wagner. It's like the most entertaining <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> we get a new line of t-shirts, we might have to do something with that because <laughs> all right. It is, it is it is spectacular when he goes off on Von Wagner. <laughs> Matt, you got thoughts on this? I hadn't considered Ricochet, but that's probably a good call. God bless him. Uh, other than that, no, I think I think we're pretty much all on the money here. I think Ricochet got better when they stopped making him talk in in like written promo. Like he only kind of, oh yeah, yeah. It, it, he's kind of really shortened it up now, so he might get better next year. He might not. Other notables, I don't get this one. Actually, I don't get either of these ones because either. yeah, Austin Theory and Roman Reigns. Ooh, Roman Reigns, no, yeah. right? no, yeah. no, 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 no. Austin Ro- Theory, whatever, I'll give you that. But Roman Reigns, get out of town. I yeah. will give one of these notable picks a very notable pick as well. I know which one. <laughs> Johnny freaking Gargano. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or as he's become known to our show, Tuesday Morning Cooked, Johnny Annoying who friends of Star Trek, the next generation or deep space nine might remember a character called the grand Nagus. He reminds me of a very short, very old Ferengi when he talks because Johnny always talks like this and it's just drives me nuts. So you know what? Upvote for Johnny Gargano to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to work. These episodes <laughs> worse on them. I might actually get mad tonight. I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'll get Mouth or Boris mad, I don't but we'll like see. Doing these shows, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I mean, it just I know. It, it brings out the worst in being a wrestling fan. Worst on the mic for the women. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Boris. Why not? All right. Mine's Jade Cargill. She cuts the same promo every single time, says bitch every single time. No time for her. Boom. Hey, done. let's move on. Cut the ish, Boris. Mouth, what's your thoughts? I don't have to say anything. Boris said it all for me right there. <laughs> I'm picking Jade as well. Cut the shit. Joe, your pick. Okay, I was going to pick Jade, but I'm not going to pick Jade. I'm actually going to go in a different direction. I'm going to pick, and and this is not because she's bad, but I'm going to pick Dakota Kai because when Bailey talks and then Dakota talks, the charisma level on that promo goes, ooh, it drops huge. <laughs> so, hey, sorry, what was that? What, was that? what does it do again? What's that sound? <laughs> and, and and here's the thing when EO talks she's not even speaking English and it's way more interesting than Dakota Kai <laughs> I just, I'm hung up on that <laughs> <laughs> 
you need to add the sound effect. Oh, that's that's sampled now. That is sampled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, let's get your pick for a worst lady on the microphone. Uh, strong cases made. Strong cases made for <laughs> Dakota and, of course, Jade Cargill. But I think one one woman, one female performer has actively hurt her career with promos this year and that's thunder rosa when she got time to speak on the microphone she did damage to her reputation and her career and now her star has faded drastically from where it was before she won this title this AEW women's title so i think it's thunder rosa worst on the mic 2022 uh my that's a good pick man my pick is tied with the Patreon members this time around, and and it's not out of disrespect. Again, this is me putting caveats on everything, but it is Ronda Rousey. She got 30% of the vote here, followed by Liv Morgan and Jade Cargill. But Ronda has charisma. Ronda has personality. The problem is she can't fake it. She can't fake smack talk. I actually enjoy watching Rhonda these days talking crap when she's holding somebody in an arm bar or some sort of move in the ring where she's chirping at the fans the whole time. I would be happy with her doing that the whole time and never cut another promo again because I feel every time she grabs the microphone, she's trying to smack talk like you would in real life. Short, choppy sentences that and no projection. She's not she's not getting a hold of the crowd. She's not getting anybody behind her. She's, yeah, she's very she's very awkward. That's but that's what it is. It's it's yeah. you're you're trying to perform for a large audience, but you're performing for one person in front of you, and that's something that just gets lost, I think, in her performance. So I'm I'm on board with the patrons here with Ronda Rousey, and uh, that is by no means a slight for her as a wrestler or anything else. I just think that uh, yeah, just keep the microphone out of your hand, Ronda. I love you. Anyway. Uh, notable picks on here. Soraya, she she had a bit of a rough go with that one promo, but I think other than that, she's been fine. Uh, Alexa Bliss, she's in that awkward category right now. Mouth, you're not watching Raw, but she's had some pretty awkward promos as of late, which is weird to say about Alexa Bliss because she used to be so hot. Uh, Anna Jay. Oh God. <laughs> Mouth, I would like your thoughts on Anna Jay as a as a promo performer. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess she's not exactly in promo class either. So uh, I was say, you still want to hit your wagon to Jade on that one? Yeah, I, no, I she was. Yeah, she is bad. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. She's not good either. No. And another mention here for Thunder Rose as well. And that that's hard for me to say too. I love Thunder, but she. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, Matt. Too, where it's it's sometimes saying too much doesn't help. Forcing being the bleeding heart champion versus just being the champion is is where i think her character kind of turned a bit here okay this should be fun coming from five dudes who host a weekly wrestling show or podcast uh we're about to criticize the uh, worst announcers are on air talents so hmm yeah joe i'm gonna start with you this time joe worst on air talent announcer or backstage reporter booker t no question Shucky ducky. <laughs> no, I'm just, I've, I get what he, I get what he does. I've just never been a fan. And like Boris mentioned that he looks at this worst of thing as people who make you want to change the channel. Right. Booker T makes me want to turn the TV off. Wow. All right. Uh, Matt, your pick for worst announcer or backstage reporter. 
has to be has to be velvet sky for the nwa national wrestling alliance among the worst announcers i've ever seen mike if you'll do me a favor if you'll indulge me just say something just go on like some kind of rant about wrestling as though maybe you're calling a match i'm gonna be velvet sean spears right now not in the best of (laughs) shape it's brutal man she god bless her she adds <laughs> nothing she actively takes away from the presentation of the wrestling show she's terrible <laughs> i think i just sampled another thing all right uh boris worst on-air talent announcer backstage reporter velvet sky i don't even watch nwa because of her like she's one of the main reasons why i stopped watching i just cannot stand her announcing whatsoever all right mouth wow that sounds pretty brutal um the one my pick is is someone in aew and someone that doesn't really need to be doing announcing or commentary in any way uh, and that's jericho i didn't i don't like it when chris jericho joins the commentary group he sounds like he's doing this weird parody of Gordon Soley, like he's kind of mimicking the classic wrestling announcer. And I just find it to be incredibly annoying. And any match that he's doing the commentary on, I get distracted just by listening to him. Now, lately, they seem to have not done it as much. He doesn't seem to be doing it as much. And I think part of it was to get him on Rampage, thinking that maybe more people would watch because that's where they were having him on a weekly basis. But yeah, Chris Jericho, Ocho in the ring, promos, all that kind of stuff. Great, but no commentary. Thanks. Well, my pick for worst on-air talent or backstage reporter is Mackenzie Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Later, Quinn. guys. Close. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I honestly, I'm, you know, I, I got to say, Boris, and I'm not saying this to be a, a weenus about it, but like, I, I don't get the appeal. I don't. I saw her on the uh, NXT pre-show, but she's not in my actual yeah, pick. She was bad on the pre-show. I will say that. Okay. All right. Well, again, first impressions. Uh, but for me, it's uh, it, it's kind of a tie for different reasons. I'm kind of on the Booker T bandwagon because I just think that he's better as a a panel guy. I don't mind him on the pre-shows when he's talking that way. When he's actually calling a show, it does suck me out of it a bit because he's, he's so over the top. Uh, this is probably going to get some heat and it's nothing personal because I don't know the guy from Adam. And if I met him, I'd shake his hand and say hello. And I'd say the same thing to his face. But as much as he adds to the product, as far as, as knowing a lot and, and being familiar with everybody and, and being respectful of the moves and everything, it's the times where Excalibur allows himself to be put in that position where he has to become motor mouth. And that to me is so hard to listen to. It is, it's just so forced and fat. I mean, good on you, man. You'd be a great auctioneer, but as a viewer goes, and that's what I'm taking this as a view from, uh, the perspective of, I, I just can't handle when he has to rattle through 9,000 things. And I, it's almost like they're making it a gimmick for him. It's not a good gimmick. It's not a good gimmick. What's worse, Mike, is that if you ever watch Rampage in a one hour show, oh, yeah, he does that three times. Yeah, I know because he has to run down if there's a pay-per-view that weekend, God help him. But he also has to run down uh, all the ticket stuff sales. that's coming up on on Dynamite next week and ticket sales and upcoming events. And 
you know, merchandise and blah, 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 blah. And I get it's funny once in a while, but every week it's just so much. So those are my picks in the tide spot there. Uh, as far as uh, our Patreons, the worst on-air talent for them is Booker T. Alex Marvez. Marvez, to me, also gets in that category as well because he's always so rushed with his questions. Nothing sounds natural with this guy at all. So I agree with that. And Jim Ross. Wow, that's hard to hear and say, but... What do you guys think of those three picks by our patrons here? It hurts my heart to hear that Jim Ross thing. I have a little more time than Jim Ross for some, but I'm looking at him with, with rose colored glasses. He's the voice of my youth, him, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon and Homer Simpson. That's my Mount Rushmore right there, Mike. Uh, they've all, they've all influenced me greatly. That's why I'm the insane man I am today. <laughs> That was weird. See, okay, as, Joe. <laughs> as, as a different perspective, look, Jim Ross is arguably the goat, <clears throat> along with uh, Gordon Soley. But I remember when there was there was one year, and I think it was 2020, maybe it was 2019. Anyways, there was one year where actually I think it was Dan picked Jr. as his worst yep. announcer. Yeah, I did. Like it was his first year. I remember that. I remember because, that. Yeah, because Jr. was just not good he was he was running down the prod product he was making these really weird uh references like it, you know like you know how do you spell guji gatami it's like who cares call the match so the jim ross thing i'm not entirely shocked about but again respect to the dude because he's jim ross right so and uh, you have to say and at least lately they have toned down his participation Right. They, they've taken him off dynamite. They put him on rampage. He's not in a prominent role like he was before. So I, I do. I do think that helps. I just I didn't like him being part of dynamite. All right. Well, there we have it there. Uh, Chris Jericho also got an honorable mention in that list, as did uh, Velvet Sky and Kevin Gill. So there you have it. We move on now from worst on-air talents to worst non-wrestling performer. We're going to start with the patrons' picks this time around. Their number one pick actually surprised me here, considering how much fire he had when he came in, what a big impact he had in NXT. People loved him as part of Hit Row. But Stokely Hathaway takes the top spot for worst non-wrestling performer in 2022 oh, wow. for our patrons. So yeah, uh, that's, that's yeah, I don't I don't see that's that. Sh- not after he created that new term on dynamite, which I won't say here, but <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. that was that was what I, I cracked. I cracked up. I thought that was amazing. I loved I, it. You know, yeah. like I, I kind of get it to a degree because when he first came in, it was kind he was kind of cold, but like lately he's been pretty good. So I, yeah, I don't get I don't get that pick at all. Anybody else got thoughts on Stokely before we go down the rest of the patrons list here? I, I do think for sure something that's that's fair to say is he's better on social media than he is on television. I think he's funnier outside of wrestling than he is in the world of wrestling, but I, I don't think he's anywhere near worst on this list. I found this interesting that he was so high on the list as a worst non-wrestling performer since he's not a performer. He's the friggin' owner of the company, but Tony Khan came in as second. <laughs> Uh, if I may jump in, Mike, because he's my, and now he's oh. my pick for worst non-wrestling performer. You do see him. You do see him in the in the press conferences where he's nodding along while CM Punk destroys, his <laughs> destroys company the company. His yeah, <laughs> or uh. or when or he's cutting the this guy. He was the biggest draw. That whole promo. There was the quote unquote embarrassing 
uh, picture of him hugging Claudio, which I actually found to be endearing. I don't think that was embarrassing at all, but he has had some embarrassing moments. And when he does show up on TV, he's not exactly Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? Like he has made appearances on Rampage on Dynamite. He's not, he's not a great orator. He's uh, just a a rich dude who happens to be in the position. And yeah, I, 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 as kind of a hot take, I thought I was going to be the only one on this, but I, I, I picked Tony Khan. It's interesting to see a lot of the patrons agreed. Mark Sterling, Vince McMahon, and Brandon Cutler, and Paul Heyman make the list here from our uh, notable no, picks. AEW refs and Ace Steel. Okay, these are people that are just mad at punk. So yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so let's go down the, the wire here. Worst non-wrestling performer for you, Mouth. Well, this uh, person, she's been in two different groups, and I don't see what benefit she was to any of them uh, besides... Wait, wait, Brandy Rhodes didn't wrestle this year. You can't use no, her. No, no, that's not, not who I'm picking. That's not who I'm picking. No, I, I'm, pick, I'm picking Julia Hart. I'm like, well, I'm like this, I, don't, why, I don't understand why this person is anywhere except to wear a black outfit. I mean, the last thing they just had on dynamite, she looked like Lee Van Cleef from friggin' fistful of dollars with the black cowboy hat and the black outfit on. Um, I don't know what her purpose is in the group, I guess to spit mist or something like, I don't know. I just figure it's a total waste. She's never really done anything of note. And I don't even know why she's anywhere near my screen. All right, Joe. Your pick for worst non-wrestling performer. I I had a really hard time with this one because there wasn't really anyone that I disliked um, in terms of like managers and stuff. So I'm going to go back to my pick from last year. Rick Knox, the referee in AEW, really annoys me. And I think it's just because he's like, look, I get that refs have to you know, be distracted and not catch things that heels do. But Rick Knox is just not good at it. And it makes me dislike him very much. So, and Boris yours, Jose, the assistant don't know why he's there. Like he does nothing. He adds literally nothing. Doesn't even talk for the group. Wow. Now who's (laughs) anti-Latino. Well played. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) For me, for the uh, record, I am Latino. Everyone listening. (laughs) Yeah, right. Aguilar. Like, that's not a made up name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I struggled with this one because I don't know who to consider as a worst non wrestling performer. I'm still stuck, to be honest. I I didn't have an answer for this one because there are so many options. I look at this list. I mean, I could agree with the Tony Khan thing. The the biggest thing for Tony with me is just he's not performing. It's when he does a media call. When he this is why I stopped going to the media calls because I asked questions and I got no answer. He's gotten better. I have listened to the media calls since, and he is actually answering questions. But even then, he takes an hour to do it. So it's like as a personality. That would be where I'd rate him as a as a non wrestling performer. Is is it too late to put in Byron Saxton? Just as a joke, because I, no, I, I think that never works. I, I think Byron's <laughs> actually incredibly talented, given the crap he's been given. This this whole sixty minutes thing he's doing on Raw now actually makes me chuckle. But I mean, what a waste of a guy who could have been something. Worst gimmick. 
So again, this can be interpreted of the word gimmick any way you choose. Mr. Levransky, I'm interested to hear what you chose <laughs> as the worst gimmick for 2022. Well, I have a couple here that I want to mention. Uh, the first, the gimmick, uh, naming tag teams after stupid combos of the partner's names. That's got to go. <laughs> Ward Joe, Hookhausen. That's got to go. It's it always sounds horrible. Uh, my other worst gimmick was Jade Cargill being undefeated. And but honestly, they win House of Gibberish wins hands down. Um, I'm just I think the, I'm so tired of the House of Black gimmick. It doesn't work here. It didn't work there. As I said earlier, you know, the, it's hard to pull off a supernatural gimmick and make it work. And I really don't think anything's happening here. And plus, part of that's probably also that they haven't been put in any kind of significant program for quite a long time either. So they're just kind of floundering around trying to keep us entertained with gibberish that doesn't work. Well, I will say, Mouth, that the uh, patrons did agree with you. House of Black and Maximum Male Models were the worst gimmicks chosen. Let's continue down the panel, though. And Boris, your pick for worst gimmick. All right. So remember back in 2001 when WCW did their invasion, the biggest issue everyone said was we got WCW's B-rate wrestlers. Well, in 2022, somehow Impact was able to get Ring of Honor's C and D-rate wrestlers to do an invasion angle with Honor No More, and it's Honor No More. All right. Fair enough. I it's funny you say that because I, I thought they had some traction with that to begin with. But I guess a lot of those people also left the company as soon as they got there. So yeah. that's fair. Uh, Matt, your pick for worst gimmick of 2022. Uh, yes. So a competitive category, to say the least. <laughs> Boris and I uh, do the NXT uh, review. NXT talk and in 2.0, man, there was a treasure trove of uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. excrement to pick through. Uh, Briggs and Jensen, we've mentioned a couple times. I will mention them again on the podcast. Don't you worry. Joe Gacy uh, doing spooky Joe Gacy. That was bad. But the worst gimmick possibly that I've ever seen was jacket time. How dare you? <laughs> the tag team of Ikamanjiro and Kushida, racist, terrible comedy from 20 years ago. Just a, 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 a true embarrassment every second it was on screen. Jack of Time was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, not just the worst gimmick of 2022. I'm Taylor Swift open-mouthing right now at your accusation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I get it, man. That was that was hard. Two ridiculously talented guys who, yeah, yeah got saddled, trapped in that, that, Exactly right, Mike. That's what that's what angered me so much about that is they, they are both so talented. Kushida especially. And to be stuck in the, the dregs bottom of the barrel gimmick like that is so sad. Joe, your pick for worst gimmick. Okay, so... I'll admit that I'm turning the corner on them, but for the majority of 2022, I got to agree with that uh, Dan and Boris, or sorry, Dan house of black. Like when that came on, uh, both Dan and I, during the all elite weekly podcast, we'd be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, you know? And, and uh, it, you know, it's like, if we weren't reviewing the show, this would be something we wouldn't be watching. Well, I'm going to side with you guys a little bit on this, but I'm going to choose WWE's version of House of Black, who actually did House of Black better, 
But they did it by turning one guy heel that nobody wanted to boo. And that was the initial incarnation of the Judgment Day. When Edge turned heel and created this faction, I liked the spirit behind it. I liked the aggressiveness. I didn't think it needed to be as weird as it was becoming. Uh, I don't know where I sit with them now. I know on, on Tuesday Morning Cooked, we always joke about how kind of annoyed we are to see them. But... Honestly, I think this version of it now at least kind of makes sense of it because they don't have Edge in there. Having them boo Edge was like when they tried to have them boo Becky Lynch or, you know, even in AEW for Dan's sake, like people don't want to boo Britt Baker, but they they still make her a heel, right? It's one of those talents. It just doesn't make sense. Just give people what they want and don't turn Edge and don't cut his hair and give him a stupid mushroom cut. Anyway, I had a Wait, I, have, I have a mushroom cut. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you got you got hair drapes, so you don't have a full on mushroom cut. I used to, but anyways, that's a other long time ago. All right. Well, speaking of things we all regret, let's move on to uh oh the rest of the worst gimmick, by the way, after uh, House of Black and Maximum Male Models, Andrade Family Office. And now is Oof. it Andrade Family Office or is it Andrade Hardy Family Office or is it Hardy Family Office? Uh, whatever. Uh, Orange <laughs> Cassidy gets on this and? list as well as Wendy Chu. Oh, yeah. 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 Wendy Chu maybe belongs. Orange Cassidy isn't anywhere near this. I, I think you I think you were looking for the best of show, friend. That, that's Bob the thing. Kapoor, like, or, or somehow Bob Kapoor like added. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange Cassidy is a pretty polarizing figure, though. I mean, you know, you guys have seen the Facebook page uh, during the the like say the Dynamite uh, Dynamite show, and you know, either people really love OC or they really hate him. All right, let's go to worst match of the year. I'm very interested to see what people think of this. Uh, I think one of them was maybe based on the result, but the rest were basically probably bang on the money here from our patrons. But let's start with our panel first. Matt, your turn. Worst match of the year. What do you got for us? Again, another highly competitive category. NXT with some options. Lash Legend versus Electra Lopez was panned widely and deservedly so. Okay. I think I think the worst match of the year, Mike, was Dexter Loomis versus Duke Hudson. It is from the April 5th edition of NXT 2.0. It uh, involved the uh, Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell kind of love square thing that they had going on. It's just bad television, bad wrestling. It just made me uh, embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. A rough, rough few minutes. How dare you speak ill of index? Boris let's go to you your worst match of the year all right so this is was a toss-up between Ric Flair's last match and my choice which was the hard times three main event of Tyrus uh versus uh Rupert Murdoch versus Rupert Murdoch what a match (laughs) not Rupert Murdoch um you know Trevor 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 Murdoch Rupert Rupert Murdoch Murdoch is the guy signing his checks (laughs) yes All right, fair enough. Mouth, your pick for worst match of the year. What do you got for us, buddy? Well, I'm tempted to say anytime Jade Cargo was in the ring, but All I right. won't. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to pick the one that Boris didn't pick, just because to see one of my longtime wrestling idols in a match like that, where he just 
he looked horrible. He could have died at any moment. And it's the flare, the flares final match him and Andrade against lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Plus Jeff Jarrett was in it. That's another reason to hate it. <laughs> but uh, that, that match for sure. I just thought it was horrible. 27 minutes long. And flair was in that match way too much. He should have been just getting hot, quick tags, doing a spot and getting out. It was, it was scary to watch, not fun to watch. And like I said, you don't want, you don't really want to see one of your idols get to that point. Joe, your choice. I, I have a feeling you might be on the same length as mouth here, unless you got a surprise for us, but I, actually that was one I was considering, but okay. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see a, like a five-star match. Um, and I'm not going to uh, like, you know, discount the fact that, you know, he, he was in the ring too long and it, it was pretty bad, but to be honest with you, I, I kind of want a different direction. I'm picking the Royal rumble uh, 2022, the men's rumble. Okay. Mainly because it's supposed to be one of your, you know, your tent pole pay-per-views, one of your tent pole matches. And you had like this really weird Royal rumble that had like Shane McMahon in the final four. Are you kidding me? So like, yeah. And, and then like Brock Lesnar won and look, Brock's great, but you know, ho-hum seen that already. And uh, so, yeah, I got to go with Royal Rumble just because of what that's supposed to be leading into WrestleMania season. And I just found it really underwhelming. Well, the uh, the patrons agreed with you to a bit. That was their second choice. Their first choice was Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee at 50 percent. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi from Survivor Series. I know I have not given mine yet. I will in a second. I just want to get through these first. Uh, Notable picks were Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania. And Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross both times. Oof. Okay. That's fair. Uh, my pick for worst match of the year was whoever the idiot was that decided to have a match with a dog at a flea market that went on YouTube. And you guys haven't seen this? Yeah. Oh, my. This. Okay. Boris knows what I'm talking about here. Somebody set up a wrestling, and I get it. It was an animal fundraiser. It was a joke, it was, and I'm trying to be funny here, but since none of you saw it, I guess it's not as funny as I thought it was going to be. Some guy had a quote-unquote match against a dog, and the dog has basically just been taught jumps and tricks and, quote, pins the guy. And So that, to me, was uh, honestly my my worst match of the year. <laughs> was that uh, was that Psycho Mike Rollins? I think Canadian yep. indie uh, notable. It yeah. was. Psycho, no. Psycho Mike is pretty cool. I, I, I'm a fan of his, but yeah, no, I, I, I didn't like that much. My apologies to Psycho Mike. Then uh, your name was standing uh, by that. I mean, Psycho, you know, and I'm on board with the flare thing. The flare thing was just so hard to watch for everything last week that we said about the steamboat match. Exactly. The flare one was the exact opposite. Yeah. For, and that's just yeah. it. It was one of those things where the steamboat match gave me hope. Whereas the flare match was like, dear God, please stop this. I, I don't want to watch a man die right now. So yeah. Yeah. And talking yeah. to people that were there, you know, Rick, Rick was even joking about it afterwards. You know, ah, I guess I probably shouldn't have drank so many beer before and blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's funny Oof. to a degree, but that's also to me, a sign of a person in severe mm-hmm. crisis. Like, mm-hmm. dude, if you're going to do it, do it right. You spent all those months training and then you screwed up the night before. Like, come on. Yeah. So, that's some like that's some weird self-sabotage stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. Like there's some bad wrestling matches, but Flair's last match made me sad. 
That like was <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, yeah exactly. Worst feud of the year is where we go to next on our worst of 2022 show. I'm Mike McGuire, joined by Joe Aguinaldo, Matt Ederer, Dan the Mouth Ravansky, and Boris Aguilar. We are your SNME Radio panel, and we're also taking your feedback through Patreon.com/slash SNME Radio. You had the chance to vote, and worst feud of the year. This could be a lot of storylines in wrestling. Yeah, in fact, exactly. I'm sure as you went through your year, gentlemen, that you probably said to yourself, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, because there's a few of these that they show up and they disappear quickly. But uh, Mouth, we'll go ahead with you. What was your worst feud to watch uh, mostly on AEW Dynamite this year? Well, yeah, it was because you had this guy that you had put in such a great position and then you just wrecked him. So mine is Wardlow versus Security. I'm just like, what is all this ridiculous stuff with Wardlow? You set him up great in the feud with MJF. He comes off. He beats MJF. He's hot. And then just a bunch of ridiculous things constantly with stuff like him fighting security guards and that. And I just was like, I I couldn't believe the way they just, you know, wasted the guy like this. So that to me, there was a lot of stuff really with Wardlow almost the whole year. He didn't have a decent program, at least until the Joe one, which is just kind of happening now. So there you go. Wardlow versus security. All right. Well, thank you again, smart Mark Sterling for bringing us that masterpiece of a match. <laughs> Let's go to Joe. Worst feud of the year. I had a really hard time with this one. Um, I, the live versus Rhonda was really the one I could, I could think of the most like, you know, you kind of mentioned that you had Liv on, uh, you know, on uh, as your, you know, worst wrestler, you know, with due respect, of course, that whole feud just fell flat for me. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and again, my worst wrestler thing was she sabotaged herself as champion. I, I think it just, yeah, it, it wasn't it just, there, but yeah, there was no steam behind it because people were yeah. cheering Ronda by the end of it. That's, that's not how that's supposed to go. Yeah, it just it didn't make any sense. And, and, and again, with all due respect to Liv, because I like Liv and I like Ronda, but for whatever reason, this just kind of fell flat. Listen to us just not want to get lit up by Liv Morgan fans. All right, Matt Ederer, your choice for the worst feud of the year. Uh, Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy on NXT. This is Joe Gacy's spooky character. This is, yeah, some wrestle crap stuff. It actively hurt Braun Breaker. It was the first and only time in Breaker's entire run that it seemed like maybe this guy won't make it. Maybe he isn't an A-plus prospect. And then you get him away from this spooky nonsense where TVs are exploding and Chucky shows up. And it's a highlight when Chucky shows up. <laughs> and yeah, it, and it's, it's like, yeah, now it's like, oh, yeah, Bronze, uh, Bronson Recksteiner, he's going to be an incredible professional wrestler for the next 25 years. Thank God we got him away from Joe Gacy. So yeah, it, Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy because it, it legitimately almost ruined Braun Breaker. Thankfully, he's so good. He's unruinable. <laughs> all right well we'll see in 23 i guess <laughs> boris your pick for worst feud of the year all right coming from rick flair's last match that's rick flair and andrade versus uh jay lethal and jeff jarrett just had zero time for all of this and the fact that uh this match essentially gave jeff jarrett a contract with uh AEW just makes me hate it more did it though did it really i feel like it i feel like it helped Eh, maybe i guess uh, that's a fair point though uh our worst feuds of the year from our patrons were jade cargill versus nyla rose the belt stealer and miz versus dexter loomis how dare they 
Yeah, I, I you, that no, that's that that stuff's gold, man. That's a, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you know, it ruins it though, Johnny Gargano. So that's <laughs> that's that's what. Okay, I'm on I'm on side with that now. Uh, Matt Hardy and Andrade Family Office versus the Dark Order. I forgot that was a thing. Oh and yeah, that was horrible. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. I forgot that was a thing too. But yeah, she beat her for the title, I guess. So there you go. Uh, my pick for worst feud of the year. Oh Lord, there was so many. Um, honestly, because there was no payoff to it for me at all, and maybe they're going long-term storytelling with this. But Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia. This thing was set to make Daniel Garcia a star, like like big time. They were they were hitching the wagon to this guy. And maybe they will again down the road, but Mouth Joe, especially, I'd like your guys' thoughts on this because you were watching this every week. You were invested in this. Did they miss? Did yeah. they miss the boat here with with Garcia? Well, it's funny because Joe and I did just talk about this on the podcast, and I, I I understand your viewpoint, but I don't think so. I think it's what you said. I think it's long term. Okay, I think they're telling the longer story here. The first point was kind of like he was questioning Jericho, but then ultimately he comes back into the fold. But now, once again, with the way Jericho acted in the promo and like, well, you know, you need to mentor this and that, and you got to mentor Sammy and that whole thing and kind of that little j- jab, you know, that you're going to be mentored by a guy that's like five years older than you. It's uh, I, I, I think the story is just going to continue and I think they're going to, they're building it. So it hopefully, hopefully will be even more, more have a more of an impact when he makes the break away from Jericho. I just thought he was so white hot when it was appearing that he was siding with Danielson, right? And the, you know, the Euro wrestler chant and everything was going on. And you're right, it might pay out, but to me it's just strike while the iron's hot. Don't right. don't don't heat it up, cool it off, heat it up, cool it off right. again because well, wrestling fans I, don't have that kind of attention span for this. I don't in this era. No, I think when I was younger, I think this would have worked a lot better. But I agree. You do have to strike. But I, I don't mind having it build a little bit more as long as it does have a strong payoff and it does help get him over All right. further over further. I'll give you that. All right. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's get rolling here to the worst angle can be a one off or recurring. Uh <laughs> Oh, boy, I got one, but uh, we'll see what you guys got here first. Matt, let's start with you. Worst angle. Uh, So anything, and they've repeated this on NXT like five or six times already, anything where the character Brooks Jensen, virgin extraordinaire, is manipulated because he's a derpy moron who wants to uh, lay with a woman and cannot quite seem to get there, Mike. It's comedy. You see Mandy Rose, she manipulated him, and then Electra Lopez, she manipulated him, and now Kiana James is manipulating him. It's really a one-note character. It's just like it's just it's been the same thing since September of 2021. No <laughs> time for Brooks Jensen just getting played by every hot girl in NXT. That's so, so, so stop, Brooke Jensen, the Virgin. That's the angle. Th- that's his angle. That's his <laughs> entire character. His entire- <laughs> you might you might need to edit this, Mike. I don't think so. But Boris and I have been calling them their tag team, the Incel Express. Oh that's my. basically what they are. It's Josh wow. Briggs. And, and Josh Briggs is like the cool guy who actually, you know, can speak to a woman. And Brooks Jensen is the derpy virgin. That's their team. Wah, wah. All right, <laughs> Boris, let's go to you for worst angle of the year. Ric Flair's last match. 
I got okay. nothing else to say about All right. that. Honestly. Fair enough. Mouth? Uh, yeah, the, I really, it really bothered me the whole thing with MJF hiring the firm to watch his back because first off, I didn't like the way they did the ladder match thing with those guys going up there and grabbing the chip and bringing it down to MJF. I, that left a sour taste. And then after that, though, it seemed like any time these guys that he hired came out to help him, he got pissed off. So, like, I thought, well, then why did you hire these guys? It just made it made it this added this weird complication to everything that didn't really need to be there. It wasn't uh, it was unnecessary for the story. And it just I don't know. It just seemed like it, it didn't make any sense. Like, why would you hire people? And then every time they come out to help you, you get mad. Uh, I just thought it was ridiculous and kind of a little blight on the whole MJF thing. Joe, your worst angle of 2022. Actually, my worst angle is uh, the same as Dan's worst feud. It was Wardlow. The whole the interaction between Wardlow and Mark Sterling, where where it was like security guards, and now you're going to wrestle 20 of them. Yeah. And it was like, come on. <laughs> like, really? The guy's just coming off the hottest match. You know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's, he's white hot. And we're going to put him up against security guards. I was like, no, that didn't work for me. Well, for me, I've already talked about it, so I'm not going to go into it. But it literally under the next line here, worst angle, uh, the initial run of the Judgment Day or Edge's heel turn. <laughs> That's what I had again, because it just it made no sense at the time. It makes no sense to me now. And now Edge is out. So it's like, all right, we'll see what happens next. Uh, as far as our patrons, their worst uh, angles were Austin Theory from Vince to Money in the Bank. Uh, that was actually half of the votes that said that. Uh, Miz and Dexter Loomis got 15%, and Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose got 10% there. Notable picks, Chris Jericho is the ROH champion in House of Black. You know what? I almost want to change my vote to Chris Jericho as the Ring of Honor champion. It was so transparent and so translucent that we're trying to get a TV deal with this. Yep. It wasn't that interesting. The matches against some of the return. I, I think the most interesting encounter I saw was the one we got in Toronto. And that was with Dalton castle. That was a guy who was legitimately interesting and they burned that off immediately. So I think they could have played it out better. Uh, I think there could have been more hype around it, but I, it just kind of anything ring of honor for me right now is hard to, to get behind because it's not ring of honor it's aew with ring of honors belts and rings and that's it it's not even their rings it's just the the pads on the turnbuckle so until ring of honor is its own standalone thing which apparently now is going to be behind the paywall what are we really doing here you know this is the ring of honor championship to me was the same as the global force wrestling championship was when jeff jarrett started that it wasn't a thing it didn't exist so yeah, I'm changing my vote to that. Yeah, Ring of Honor, really, it's no different right now than WWECW. Except that had a show. Yeah, actually, that's that's the yeah, you're right. <laughs> that had a the show. That was there. That was a thing. Yeah. Okay, let's go to uh, they really dropped the ball on uh, in parentheses. This had huge potential. But didn't happen, gentlemen. I know you're tired, so let's uh, let's get fired up on this one here. What's something <laughs> you looked at this year and said, "Man, did they ever screw that up?" Mouth, take it away. 
Well, I mean, I've talked about it already a couple categories back. Joe just talked about it in the last category. Wardlow. They totally dropped the ball on Wardlow. I think he could have been such a big, a bigger star. And they just they floundered with all the Sterling stuff in that. So there you go. Wardlow. Joe. What did they drop the ball on? Okay. Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, Athena, Thunder Rosa, or they had Thunder Rosa, uh, Nyla, Sheeta. You've got some good talent on the women's division in AEW, and they can't get past one and a half segments. Come on. And this was supposed to be a showcase division when AEW started. Well, yeah, just ask Kenny Omega. Doesn't he still run that thing? <laughs> you got me, man. Matt, your choice for the thing the wrestling really dropped the ball on this year. Uh, yeah, so this is why AEW couldn't be the promotion of the year because we all have different AEW answers. They really dropped the ball on CM Punk. I don't know. that Now, they obviously include CM Punk himself to a large degree. Primarily, it's CM Punk's fault. Even as a huge fanboy, I'll say that, obviously. But they also include Kenny Omega, both Young Bucks, Ace Steel, his wife, the dog Larry, Tony Khan. Everyone has blame in this thing. They all have dropped the ball hugely on CM Punk, and it sucks that he's on the couch and not on our professional wrestling television show anymore. I hope it works out, but yeah, the, the biggest drop ball this year... Clearly, in my opinion, CM Punk leaving professional wrestling again. If that happens, we don't know. Nothing's confirmed, right? So we have to keep that in mind as well. Maybe things have changed from when we recorded this to when it airs. But so far, all the reports are he's still under contract. He's still getting paid. They're still selling his merchandise. But yeah, the, the word is, is that Punk might be done with AEW. Does he go back to WWE? Who knows? Maybe that story will have already broken by now. But uh, hard not to agree with you there. In fact, uh, the patrons agreed with you, Matt, a lot on that. 75% say that uh, the ball was dropped on CM Punk. Uh, interesting votes here. Uh, the second and third category, Jungle Boy and Liv Morgan. Okay. Jungle Boy, I, I think they tried their hardest with that guy. And I mean... Yeah, that's a weird... That is definitely a weird pick. But, you know, I mean, people are going to pick what they want to pick. Liv Morgan, again... Uh, it might have been, and I know she was waiting a long time for it, but I still think it might have been too much too soon. I think if anything, she should have turned heel or something, but I don't know. Uh, I agree with that. Boris, we haven't gotten your pick yet. Boris, they really dropped the ball on something this year in wrestling. What was your choice? Actually, I believe Boris is having audio problems. Okay, so, yeah, he was muted but, there. Yeah, yeah, but All but right. he did put in the chat FTR versus Aussie Open two. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, for me, I think easily uh, the biggest thing they dropped the ball on was AEW TV, period. I think that uh, we we lived it here where if you went to the live Rampage taping, you sat through two hours of dark before Rampage even started. And it was a one hour show. I think AEW's whole TV structure has kind of set them up to fail a bit. Dynamite does great. It's a great show. You know, it, it fills the ratings quote, everything else. I think they're overreaching with Rampage right now. And I think that that show, if it doesn't get a serious turnaround at some point, might be going the way of uh, ROH Weekly TV, where maybe you're only seeing it online because 
the numbers just aren't there. Boris is back. Did you want to give us your thoughts on uh, something they dropped the ball on this year? Oh, big time. This one really bothers me. New Japan Pro Wrestling had one job to book one match <laughs> that everyone, a lot of people wanted to see at Wrestle Kingdom. They did a whole tournament, a whole tag league to set up this one match. And on the very last day, they go completely different direction. New Japan Pro Wrestling dropped the ball on FTR versus Aussie Open 2. Wow. Tell us how you really feel, Boris. One, we had one job. It was one of the best <laughs> matches in all of 2022. And you, you literally you, you set it up. You go through weeks and weeks and weeks of Aussie Open in Japan saying they're going to face FTR. They're going to win this tag league to face FTR. Put them in the finals. And you give chaos the win. <laughs> you give chaos the win. So Aussie Open won't get that match at Wrestle Kingdom. And it's just like, give us what we want. Come on. <laughs> Boris, who are you to doubt Yoshihashi? Yoshihashi. <laughs> Yoshihashi has a match more prominent at Wrestle Kingdom than Aussie Open, than Naito, than Great Muda, than... Oh, my I'm just, I'm holding some whiskey here for you, Boris, if you need it. <laughs> you had one job. I think you I needed it after hearing job. this. <laughs> All right. This one I found a little hard to answer because no matter what you say, you're going to tick somebody off here. But the most overrated performer, Actually, or stipulation, et cetera. Oh, God, mouth. Here I don't, we go. I don't No, I don't think mine will upset anyone. <laughs> I think everyone will agree with mine. Totally overrated guy. Go ahead. Oh, guy. Whoa. What? Mouth. Let's hear it. Most overrated guy, in your opinion. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, come on. No. Jeff Jarrett in 2022. Come on. Like, of all the talent out there, Jeff Jarrett, I, I just hate the way that he's been put with Lethal and Sanjay and Singh, who I thought had their own really cool thing going on their own. Sanjay is great on the friggin' promos. So is Lethal. Singh is the strong man. No, now it's become Jeff Jarrett. We've already had Jeff Jarrett hitting guys with guitars. I'm like, it's 2022. I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I just I don't see any value in Jeff Jarrett and and why he doesn't need to be with those guys like I this to me is another example of Tony Khan just going, oh, hey, there's Jeff Jarrett. Well, I better have Jeff Jarrett. It's like you don't need to own every single piece of talent from now, you know, from the 50s to the present day. It's like, you know, I, I think the mouth might not believe that Jeff Jarrett is, in fact, the last outlaw. I don't. <laughs> not even that's, close. He's not the, even an outlaw. That's the thing I can't get behind. I, I can get behind anything else. You know, he's Jeff Jarrett. He's got a history. He's got a fan. The last outlaw, man, quit trying to get that thing over. It's just not going. It's not going to happen. Uh, Joe Aguinaldo, your pick for most overrated performer or stipulation in 2022. Okay, so he's only been back for a little bit. And I understand that he's very popular, but I don't get it. And that's Bray Wyatt. Bray okay. Wyatt comes back from whatever. So whether he got released, he's taking some time off, whatever. Comes back the first few weeks, cuts some really, really good promos. He's really interesting. And then after that, ooh, 
and then it's like okay bray what's next so for, for the record joe made that sound again that's not a uh that's not a hockey yet. So, so the, the my problem with Bray right now, and I, I think I told you this on the main show one week, I've got a very short leash with him right now because of like, he's just, again, great promos for the first two weeks. Now we're at a point where it's like, what are you doing with this? And yeah, Bray Wyatt overrated. Matt, what's overrated in your eyes, my friend? Uh, well, Mike, to answer this question, I had to ask myself who cuts the most promos that other people think are great that I don't, who cuts, who has the most matches that other people, you know, think are great that I don't, who has a YouTube series that other people think is great that I think is a total flaming garbage barge. So why is it Kenny Omega? It's the Young Bucks. Oh, wow. The Young Bucks are the most overrated wrestlers in professional wrestling, and they're still great. They're still great and they're incredible in the ring, but outside of the ring, I have no time for the, for the Bucks or Kenny. And I think they're drastically overrated friend of the show. Dave Meltzer throws stars of the young Bucks Like it's going out of style five and a half, six, every time they lace up their boots. I think it's crazy how much some people just accept that the young Bucks are, are the best wrestlers on earth, whatever, whatever. I, I think it, it it's just like you you can criticize the young bucks for doing too much in matches and that doesn't mean you don't get where wrestling's at you know what i mean like sometimes you want to see a couple less explosions in a movie that's all i don't know uh not, not a huge fan of the young bucks although you have to respect their talent for me my pick was uh the most overrated thing was ring of honor period again it's not a thing it's not a thing yet. When it becomes a thing, then you can talk about it like it's something. But until then, it's not a thing. Some of the Patreons agreed with me. Uh, ROH TV came in third. CM Punk was second with 15%. But the most overrated thing from 2022 was Money in the Bank. People are getting a little tired of the briefcase, apparently. So, I don't know. I still think that it's it's fun when used properly. I don't think having Theory lose was that bad of a thing, after all. because. While the, the great cash-ins are great, and again, I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I was at the one after Mania 29 when Ziggler cashed in on Del Rio, and the heavens and the skies and the ground all opened up at the same time, and we all just you know watched in, in bliss. The coolest thing about it was actually, because we were on the floor, behind us, the entire locker room was looking out the window to see this happen. So there's guys like Jericho and all these other guys, and they're all sticking their head out. Pat Patterson walks by my friends and I, and he's like, yeah, you got to watch this. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's watch this. And all of a sudden Ziggler comes out, right? So a great cash in is great, but yeah, it can fall a little flat, I guess. So that's what our patrons had to say as far as a most overrated there, the worst pay-per-view of the year wrestling only Let's start with Boris this time. Uh, worst pay-per-view or premium live event. Uh, there, there's one that stands out in my mind. I'm sure it stands out in Matt's mind. Let's see where Boris's is. Hard times three. All right, the there it is. The only person who probably watched it was Billy Corgan. <laughs> and Mike McGuire. <laughs> and Boris Aguilar. Who had to. Yeah. And Sean Burkhead. I think we are literally the only people who watched it. <laughs> Uh, Matt, yourself, worst pay-per-view of the year? Oh, when Tyrus wins your world title, that's hard times, daddy. When EC3 defeats Tom Latimer by disqualification in nine and a half minutes, that's hard times, daddy. <laughs> hard times three was the worst show of 2022, and it is embarrassing that this man is the world champion, and that, that's where he won the belt, so it will go down in history. 
Mr. Lebransky, the worst pay-per-view. Again, a guy who only watches AEW usually. Uh, is there one that maybe stands out otherwise for you, though? Once again, this got some attention. I read about this. I watched it after the fact, foolishly. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to see this with Tyrus winning the belt. And yeah, absolutely. It was horrible. That freaking show was horrible. So yeah, Billy Corgan, throw your money on something else. Like, cause this was just horrible. So I picked the uh, hard times as well. It was hard to get through. Mr. Aguinaldo. Okay. So I did not watch hard times three, so I can't pick that. <laughs> Lucky one. you. Lucky you. Um, I'm actually going to go back to Royal rumble 2022. And again, it wasn't a horrible show, but because of what it's supposed to be your road to WrestleMania, Compared to other Rumbles in the past, I thought this was pretty lackluster. I mean, you could argue that the best match might have been Rollins versus Reigns, uh, and that ended in a disqualification. You had Rousey versus Flair, which, you know, was voted as one of the worst feuds by the by the patrons. Oh, no, no, sorry. You had Ronda Rousey winning the, 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 uh, the Rumble, and you had, you know, Brock winning the Rumble, um, you know, two part-timers. So not, a, not the best Rumble in the world. Yeah, but Ronda's on every week. She, she is now, but back then, like yeah, she was still, you know. Oh, also, can I can I rewind real quick? Did we get Boris's most overrated pick? I thought we did, didn't we, Boris? I don't remember. No, I, I don't. No, no, I didn't mark it off. Oh, okay, what was your most oh. overrated? My most overrated was the NWA. All right, fair enough. I don't think you need to say anything else after we've just been lambasting a hard time three for the last five minutes here. But that's literally uh, why I said NWA and kept yeah. quiet. Uh, the worst event from the patrons were all WWE, which I found surprising, except for NWA hard times came in tied for third. Uh, but it was Money in the Bank, then the Royal Rumble and then Crown Jewel. So when when Crown Jewel is tying with NWA hard times, that's telling you something, I guess, because people I mean, Crown Jewel could have the best card, the best matches, but people are always going to have a hate on for it because of where it is and why it is. And that's your prerogative. But, you know, I, I thought that show was actually pretty decent top to bottom. But again, the the politics around it can definitely make that some murky water. As far as uh, my pick for worst event or worst pay-per-view of the year. Uh, hard times is definitely in there. And the only reason why this other one isn't in there is because the undercard was so great for it. But Ric Flair's last match would have been a close second based on the main event because that's what it was sold as. That's, you know, and yeah. it's a shame because there were so many great wrestlers and so many great matches on that show. But when you have a dog food main event like they had, you know, that, that you've named the show after that's what fans are going to remember. You always remember the finish, right? So that's a, a tie for uh, or a close tie for me, I guess, on that one. Uh, worst promotion. The worst wrestling company in your eyes for 2022. Let's uh, plow through this one quickly here because I, I think we all have a winner. But uh, Joe, go ahead. I'm going to say WWE, but I don't think they were the worst. It's just they're the worst based on the two promotions that I watch. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Matt? 
Yeah, Mike, it ain't uh, it ain't nineteen seventy nine anymore. Uh, tonight, tonight, if you will, we have been completely disarmed. There is zero left in the NWA. Bullet with butterfly wings, etc. Mayonnaise. You get what I'm doing here, Mike. You, you see the joke. How long ago did you write that out? Like, that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally, I literally did that as Joe was doing. I was just like, oh, NWA is coming up. I got to make fun of Billy Corgan get some more. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. The world is a vampire, and so apparently is Matt Editor because that kind of sucked. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my best bit, Boris. The end is the beginning. Is the end? Oh, for because it's NWA. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth. Yeah, honestly, just from watching that one pay-per-view, all I did was watch that one pay-per-view where Tyrus won the belt, and I'm totally on board. NWA, just, it was, yeah, horrible. And that was the thing, like, just a couple of years ago, it was I great. was enjoying the NWA. It was really awesome. So, yeah, it was sad great. to kind of see how far it's kind of fallen. And you know what? I'm going to make it a clean sweep on this one, uh, except for Joe, because apparently he doesn't want to watch the nwa and i don't blame him but yeah it, it did start out great it's it's gone horribly awry i don't know if they can even fix it i don't know if he wants to fix it i think he likes it the way it is and that's fine you know dude it's your money um but don't expect me to spend any of mine on it as far as our patrons they chose the nwa by 45 percent wwe came in at 20 percent and impact at 10 percent I don't know if that's fair. I think the impact just needs bigger production and more eyes on it. I think that's what they need because they're just it, it, the show looks small time, unfortunately, when it's against these juggernauts. And I think that the wrestlers and the product that they have could be better if they had a bigger building and, and you know, a bigger turnout. Let's and go. I will say, actually, mm. to that point that I had to clean up the results big time on that category because a lot of people put notes saying, because of production, small arenas, yeah. everything that you just listed off about impact. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to that, though. The worst TV show that features in-ring action. I'm going to start with the patrons here. Uh, they say that Raw is the worst TV show featuring in-ring action. For the first half of the year, I would have agreed with that. Uh, followed by NXT, uh, which, again, was probably due to more of the first half of the year and the Technicolor Dreamcoat that was a uh, NXT. Uh, Rampage comes in three and then NWA power wraps up the list there for worst TV shows. Let's start with mouth worst TV show that you watch on a weekly basis. If you're only well, watching one show, I mean, is there really one? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there is because it was the, the, the sister show, I guess, but I just found most weeks I wasn't compelled to watch it. And that's Rampage. Okay. I just, most of the time it's, uh, there's you can easily skip it, you know, and they, they've tried to do a few things to get your attention on it. But it just there's something I don't know if it's because it's so short or, um, you know, I always have trouble when they try to cram five matches into an hour long show and stuff like that. It just seems the whole show just seems so inconsequential and compared to Dynamite. And I'm not really sure what needs to be done to make it better. I think as Boris and Matt might say, it's not canon. So if it's not canon, you're not going to bother, right? Let, let me ask you this, Dan. And this is something that I thought about when we had the live rampage in Toronto. Uh, and they do this every week where they'll do the opening intros on social media or YouTube. And then rampage starts. They go through the big pomp and circumstance 
of uh, the pyro, but then everybody's already in the ring. Everybody's already in the ring, and they start with a match right away. In this year's wrestling, where part of being a wrestling star, I mean, Roman Reigns is a perfect example. Undertaker, all these guys, no matter how far back you go, especially into the 80s, everybody had kind of a distinctive entrance. Mm -hmm. Does that not being on Rampage take away from the appeal a bit, or do you think that it doesn't really matter because an entrance is an entrance? Well, no, I, I I think it does matter, especially if you're trying to create new stars. Because I mean, if you even th- if you even think back to like the the classic '80s WWF jobber shows, when yeah. Macho Man came out to fight a jobber, he got an entrance, right? Yeah. Those guys, Ted DiBiase, got an entrance. Those guys all got entrances. So I I do, I do definitely think that that's something. But the other thing, because there are no entrances, it's the classic thing again with AEW in that there's so much and they're trying to cram so much into. And here again, you have a show that's only an hour long and you're trying to cram five matches into it. Well, then, yeah, stuff like entrances are going to get thrown to the side. So they they really need to think. I don't know if it means having another longer show that's part of canon, as you guys would put it. Uh, but uh, something needs to be done with Rampage because I don't think it's clicking with most of the fans. Ten pounds of sausage in a five pound bag. Uh, that's yeah. not what I'm calling you, Boris. I'm just saying that's what the uh, comparison to the show. <laughs> Boris, what's your pick for worst TV show? Speaking of 10 pounds of something, um, it hurts me a lot that two of the shows that I cover are on the Patreon's choice. Um, but my choice is NWA Power. Dude, the show Joe and I cover is number one, so get over it. <laughs> yeah, but it's gotten better at least. You can at least yeah. make. Oh. <sighs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Matt, worst TV show for you? Uh, or Boris, did you actually name your show? Yeah, yeah, NWA Power. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. So it's tough because worst is Power. The NWA Power is the worst wrestling show, but I would rather watch a forty-five minute Power than a three-hour Monday Night Raw. I honestly would. It's just the time commitment. It's just how much time is wasted. How often they stretch things out, kind of like this podcast. LOL. So yeah, NWA Power is is the answer. But I would sooner watch Power than Raw, honestly. So you're hey, telling me if they were to have. <laughs> Tyrus versus I don't know I don't even know who's in the way anymore. Omos. <laughs> oh. No, if they were to have Tyrus versus some guy in a EC3. forty-five minute, some guy Tyrus versus EC3 in a forty-five minute Iron Man match, you'll rather watch that than a three-hour Raw. Well, you've you've uh, confronted me on this one. No, probably not. That's a good point. Even Ooh, NWA, you've been called out, Edder. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's a, it's a strong point. No, I would not prefer to see a forty-five minute Iron Man match between the Funkasaurus and Derek Bateman. No, I would not. <laughs> but apparently, NWA stands for not watching any of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Impact for me still is is a hard watch though. And that that for me it, it sucks to say that because there's I got friends in Impact. I hate saying that, but it's it's <laughs> it's a hard show to watch. It's a the hard show. To watch. Is a huge thing of wrestling in 2022, right? This was it's my a big issue part of with, anything. Anything yeah, you go to these days, like we're spoiled Sinclair, as entertainment fans. This was my issue with Sinclair's our, our Ring of Honor was just the production value going to some other shows. The lighting was atrocious. Dan, you remember that show we went to in Maple Leaf Gardens years yeah. ago? Yeah. Yeah. It was just hard with me, you and Agnew. It was just 
horrible, just horrible lighting. Um, and that's, yeah, that's my issue with impact. Okay. Well, we've gone through the list here. I think uh, as far as that goes, uh, the worst supporting media, no love for WWE's the bump from our uh, Patreon members. <laughs> Uh, being the elite is a close second with 20%. The Sammy Guevara vlog and 83 weeks, the podcast from Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson, friend of the show. That's uh that's, that's a random one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially of all the, of all the uh, Conrad Thompson podcasts out there to go after probably one of the longest running ones, but uh, there you go. Uh, I found this interesting and I'm not saying that, uh, that it should be on there because I, I listen to the guy. And when you get past his, the things people dislike him for, I think Cornette's wrestling perspective is still on there. So to not see him on this list, I think is a, a sure sign of, of wrestling fans wanting to hear about wrestling content and maybe not everything else, but uh, yeah, kind of some, kind of some non, not surprising answers here as far as the worst supporting media. But what do you guys have? Let's start with, uh, let's go Matt this time. All right. So uh, I, I don't know. Like obviously, uh, wrestling is very, very subjective. Comedy is very, very subjective. And so in my subjective opinion, being the elite is god-awful. Terrible, unfunny. I hate that you had to, like, kind of almost had to watch it at the start of Dynamite to get all the stories going on in AEW. Thankfully, they've calmed down on that. But you still kind of need to know what's going on of being, uh, being the elite. That sucks objectively the elite being the elite this whole thing helped joey ryan commit all of his crimes so you know to quote super bad people don't forget young bucks people don't forget okay well that took a dark turn as we get close to the end of the show (laughs) (laughs) joe your worst supporting media book digital series network show what do you got I to be honest with you, any WWE like pre-show. Damn it, Joe! <laughs> took my answer. <laughs> like when you've got like Sam Roberts and Jerry the King Lawler and Booker T, it's like come on. So I, you know, at least in the past they used to have a match. Now they don't. So yeah, I don't even bother. That's what it's become for me too. So I'll give my answer now. Um, although I will say the one that they had uh, before the last main roster appeal. What was the last one? Jeez, we just covered it. Survivor Series. The one they had, they had a a pretty sweet promo segment with uh, Austin Theory before they went in. And there was some cool fan engagement, at least, with with actual name talent, not just the panel rambling off for an hour. Those WWE PLE pre-shows are are just highlight reels that you're going to see again in the show an hour later. So, mouth. All right. Well, thanks once again for confirming uh, why I shouldn't watch WWE. Um, well, you should watch the pre-shows for, yeah, <laughs> for sure, well, it, but it's part of it. One thing that sitcoms and TV shows like to do when they get lazy is do a clip show and a clip show is where you just go through your past episodes and you make a new episode based on them reminiscing and you just show old clips. Okay. Well, I don't know if you guys saw this cause this was just on a few days ago. Uh, but this new, the nine lives of Vince McMahon documentary that vice did. I didn't see it. Yeah, this was just a dark side of the ring clip show. All they did was like, oh, and then Vince McMahon had problems with the steroid trial. And they showed a bunch of clips from that episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, and then Vince McMahon had trouble with the plane ride from hell. Then they showed a whole bunch of clips from that. It was really poorly put together. There was nothing new for any kind of wrestling fan. Um, It was crap. 
Who's the worst Vince McMahon? The guy that they blur out on Dark Side or the guy they had on Young Rock? And if you don't know what he looks like, Google him because I didn't see the Young Rock guy. Yeah, yeah no. Young Rock. Young <laughs> yeah. Rock. Young Rock one is hor I mean, it's it's almost becoming a comedy of errors on Young Rock now where none of the talents they hire to portray wrestlers that we grew up right. loving look anything right. like the people. Jeez. Oh, and and brutal. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody who's Italian uh, had some very choice words for the person that was playing Vincent. <laughs> and it was uh, it was pretty hilarious. But uh, anyway, Boris, your pick here for uh, worst supporting media. Being the elite and for everything that Matt said, it used to be in canon way too much. Right. Like if I have to go out of my way and watch a YouTube show for 45 minutes to understand what's going on in on the main show. That's a big no, no. If you can't find the time to put it on your two hour uh, dynamite, then you've got an issue with booking and storytelling. All right. Welcome back to Sunday night's main event. It's the moment we've been waiting for the worst of 2022. We've gone through an extensive list. What you've heard on the air is nothing like what you can hear in the podcast. The clock's in. At about two hours, so if you, uh, <laughs> you've got some, you have time. some holiday driving you're doing, this is definitely going to fill your time. It's still half a cornet show, so I mean, there's that. But uh, we have the WTF, which means what the fudge, moment of the year, the moment that embarrassed you to be a wrestling fan when this happened. What was it for you? Now, I'm going to go to our panelists from our Patreon first, and then myself, Joe Aguinaldo, Dan the Mouth Lavransky, Boris Aguilar, and Matt Ederer. We're going to sound off with ours. So here we go, guys. The most embarrassing moment of the year to be a wrestling fan. According to our patrons, the All Out Media Scrum, which has also been affectionately known as Brawl Out, won 75% of the vote. Vince McMahon's retirement was 15 actually it's funny because it just says vince mcmahon here so i'm assuming it means the retirement but maybe it could just be vince mcmahon in general because there were a lot of wtf moments with, <laughs> it's true it's when he came true. in the ring and hopped down the stairs afterwards like we're in this together and then just flew across the arena and then uncle howdy bray wyatt's uh apparent <laughs> alter ego comes in as third so joe you laughed first that means you get to give us your WTF moment of the year. What was embarrassing to you to be a wrestling fan? Okay, so the all-out press conference was the easy choice, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to make mine an in-ring related choice. And it was a toss-up between Shane making the final four in the Rumble or Vince taking the stunner at uh, uh, from Austin, but so yeah, I about that. I'm gonna choose Vince taking the stunner because I literally yelled "What the f" when he took it. That's my "What the f" moment. Oh man, you want to talk about something funny? Go on to the Broken Skull sessions after that, where Austin talks about Vince taking the stunner. It's it's tremendous. Uh, mouth. What was your biggest hand? Huh? Out of 2022 as a wrestling fan. Uh, well, no, I, I agree with I'm strongly with the Patreons on this one. It was that media scrum and just watching Punk sitting there and shitting all over the guy who he based that basically wanted to form his whole company around him. You know, he, that was that was who he wanted. And then Punk just comes in and just like 
causes trouble, uh, craps all over everything. Like I'm just, I really like watching that press conference. I literally was like, what the hell is this? Maybe that was the Vince McMahon voting for 15% was him taking the stunner from Austin and what had nothing to do with the retirements at all. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly what they were voting on. Uh, Boris, what was the moment that made you go? I'm a wrestling fan. That was the Vince McMahon retirement and just and this whole sex scandal around it for the simple fact that that was the moment this year that I had a lot of non-wrestling fans coming up to me and asking me about this. And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go again. I have to exp- try to explain this one in some weird way, right? Like, guy's a creep. <laughs> and you, you watch this stuff, do you? Stuff. You watch this <laughs> stuff, eh? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Matt, your most embarrassing moment to be a wrestling fan in 2022. Uh, Definitely the Vince McMahon stuff is high up on the list. But for me personally, I felt grossest, most embarrassing, most embarrassed, sorry, watching CM Punk torch AEW, the brawl out, the gripe bomb, as some people have called it. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. That was way better than your Smashing Pumpkins stuff earlier. Yeah, the gripe bomb. Uh, Like high school drama happens all the time, happens in every sport, silly egos stroking all that stuff it happens all the time every sport it happens in the ufc when it does they put the guys in a cage and then they have a fist fight and make a lot of money you know what i mean (laughs) when it happened in wrestling from like 1871 until 2021 (laughs) what happens get the match in the ring no matter what get the match in the ring when it happens in 2022 Everyone signs a non-disclosure agreement and goes home and sulks for six months. What yeah. has happened to this business? You know what I mean? It's just so sad. It just sucks that CM Punk is on the couch. It sucks that this is where we're at. I hate it. <laughs> Where's Harley Race with a six shooter when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for me, definitely. Uh, I'm on board with the Vince McMahon thing. I was the guy that News Talk called to try and explain it to the entire country. And I'm like, okay, so here's the thing. Vince, apparently, and you just have to, and then you had to, because everybody that knows you're a wrestling fan, I I don't think any wrestling fan out there that has people in their lives that want to talk to them about, because there's all these people that they just want to talk about wrestling to you because you're the wrestling guy and they heard about something. And we were all that person this year when the whole Vince thing dropped down and we had to give our own thing on it. And now the guy's making news again and it's going to be the same thing. We're going to have to explain it going into the new year. So I'm, I'm done. The whole thing earlier this year was when he dropped Matt, you remember this, I I created a slide for the show and it was kind of a play on words of when he went backstage after going on raw and getting adulated by the fans where he was talking about being investigated and he allegedly went backstage and told them all, Hey, F them. And so my first play when Vince actually stepped away or was forced to step away was, you know what? F him. He's embarrassed us all. He's embarrassed his employees. He's embarrassed his independent contractors. He embarrassed everybody. Well, and now he has to get the F out. Oh, well done. Anything else from 2001 you want to bust out mouth or is that? <laughs> nope, I'm, sign- I'm signing off with that one. <laughs> well, that's it, friends. Uh, there you have it. The worst of 2022 uh, based on your votes as well. Thank you for being a part of it. If you'd like to be a part of this show anyway whatsoever, 
uh, patreon.com slash SNME radio. If you can toss some shekels our way, it's appreciated. But most importantly, we just love you listening to the show and we love having you along for the ride here. So on behalf of Boris Aguilar, on behalf of Matt Edder, Joe Aguinaldo, and Dan the Mouth of Ransky, who's once again going to help me close this puppy up. On behalf of all of us, thank you for listening to Sunday night's main event. Until next time, play safe, drive safe. I'll be seeing ya. Brother. Oh, that was a good one. Ooh.